Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1800 060 896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. And he's off and gone. Dixon with a sustained look over the shoulder. He's just mucking around here with Leap to Fame. And he's going to race down to the line and score easily under a vice-like grip as well. Yeah, as Leap we know, he's one of Queensland's stars. And in this derby on Saturday night with Tab, he is $3 Leap to Fame from the five. And off the back row, Captain Ravishing is 185 They are the only two horses under $10. Chris Barsby is joining us. Good morning, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Any idea on how this race may be run after having, a, you know, now the draw's been out for a while, uh, to think about a possible map in the race, so to speak? No, I don't think it's an easy race to sort out, Steve. But I tell you this, though, regardless of who wins on Saturday night, uh, the winner of the Victoria Derby this year is going to come under serious consideration for that Eureka race next year, as long as as, as long as it's an Australian bred horse. Because uh, this new race next year, the slot race, the Eureka, the slot holders announced last night, three and four year olds, Australian bred horses only. So leap to fame. We know Kevin and Kay Seymour have got a uh, a slot there, so you would assume they're going to pick their own horse. So it'll be interesting if Captain Ravishing comes out and scores. Who's going to be the first one to go after him for that Eureka race mm. next year? So all important this race for a number of reasons now. Absolutely. I'll just mention those slot holders again, Chris. So Racing Queensland, Tab, Tab Corp, of course, John Singleton. Do you know who Wayne... Tell me about Wayne Loder, Chris. Wayne Loder's based at Bathurst. Uh, he's based uh, primarily with Bernie Hewitt. He owns the very good filly, Jewel Melody, who's a uh, a multiple Group 1 winner this season. So that's his star horse at the moment. But he does have horses spread amongst uh, several other stables, but primarily with Bernie Hewitt at Bathurst. We know Cordina have been involved in harness racing for such a long time, that chicken industry, Kevin and Kay, you mentioned. Um, this gentleman I don't know, Denny Zavitsanos, Chris? Uh, Zavasanos, yeah, he owns yep. Cruz Bromac, who uh, is the New Zealand Cup champion from a few years ago. Owns a lot of nice horses, uh, in particular with Emma Stewart, Clayton Tonkin. Uh, has horses with Mark Purden, Nathan Purden in Victoria. So he spreads his talent around, but uh, he's got some really good stock. So he's a big player for sure. Yeah, Taz Racing, we touched on that with Pete Staple. Soho Standard Bread's involved. And, of course, Aaron Bain, who you've spoken to, Chris, and also the principal there of Summit Bloodstock have got uh, a slot as well in the new race. Yeah, so it's uh, it's spread far and wide. I think there's something for everyone as far as the country is concerned with this Eureka race next year. So uh, they're going to be busy over the next couple of months trying to source the right horse to win this race. They've got plenty of time because it won't be staged until September next year. So they've got plenty of time to uh, sort out which way they're going to go. But uh, it's going to be very important. And it starts this weekend with the Victoria Derby because, like I said, uh, as long as it's an Australian-bred horse that performs well, I'm sure there's going to be some keen eyes on uh, on many of the, mm. the three-year-olds going around on, Darryl, on the weekend. Darrell Graham's about to join us. Just on copy that, Chris, a bit of news. He's right to go in the Victoria Cup. Yeah, that's all important, not only for this race, but for the New Zealand Cup as well. Because if he goes back to New Zealand, does that mean that Blair Orange gets the drive? If Blair Orange commits to copy that in the New Zealand Cup, he drove him last year when successful. Who gets the drive on Krug? Does that pave the way for Carter Gal uh, Dalgetty, the son of Cran, the trainer? So it'll be very interesting to see how that all plays out. But it's good news that copy that will line up on Saturday night in that Grand Circuit event. As you outlined, Daryl Graham is joining us online now and he's with us. Daryl, good morning. Morning, boys. How are you? 
Really well. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about a few horses, two in particular. One starts this Saturday night, Tizza Sizzler. How good is this horse, Daryl? Because this is a really strong race that he's contesting on Saturday night. He's a good horse with problems, Chris. That's how I put him. Okay. How many sort of problems has he got? Oh, I think he's only got one good leg left, so... Um... Yeah, but he's, he's, his heart gets him through. He's, he's had that 18 months off racing, and um, uh, when we Dean bought him initially, um, then he done a tendon, and um, Dean said he's never had any luck with tendons, so um, I got the operation done on him, and then he gave the horse to us, and yeah, we sort of give him the time off, and um, I always sort of knew we were going to move and where we were going to go to. I was going to put a swim in, and the place we've got has got a already had a swim, so, um, yeah, everything's sort of worked out good for him so far. So how frustrating is it, though, knowing that you've got a horse with immense ability and talent, but he's plagued by these sort of setbacks? Oh, yeah, it is. It's to sort of take it day by day. I, I sort of give him a good hit out yesterday, and you sort of, you know, after you go across the line, you keep your fingers crossed that he... Just keeps taking sound steps, and this morning when I jogged him, he, he seemed fine. So um, yeah, we just take it sort of day by day. I'm, I'm not doing myself any favours. He, um, he's probably, you know, I wish he could sort of go to America, but if he ever went there, um, I'd probably have to take him myself. Or if Brittany ever goes against him, I take him. Yeah, eleven wins from twenty-three starts. Uh, he's got wicked speed, and he's a lovely style of horse as well. He's a beautiful pacer, and that's that's the, the reason why I sort of took the gamble on him. He, he floats across the ground, and um, I just thought with the with a tendon problem, a horse that bashes the ground sort of um, you always sort of got a bit of drama. But the way he paces, I I sort of took the gamble that um, yeah we'll get all the the operations and everything done, give him the time, and and um, hopefully sort of he looks after himself. So. That was my theory, and such what it seems okay so far. Okay, we haven't seen him since uh, mid-August. He had a trial last week. Tell us about that trial. Yeah, we can sort of do most things at home, you know, give them all, all the good head outs and whatever, but it was just sort of a day out for him and switches their mind back onto the races, and um, he's sort of done that pretty good. He's, he's very casual, big horse, um, and he sort of does what he has to do, and... Um, yeah, that sort of just sharpened him up and, and I could sort of feel it in his work this week at home. Okay. It is a strong lineup though this weekend. It's a, it's a very good race. It's a very good race, that race. So um, um, he's kind of be asked to have to be on his... Uh, have his A game out there. But um, uh, you know, that's why I put Adam on. I sort of drove him the last couple of times and just to sort of see where we're at. And Adam gets on very good with him and really likes the horse. So... Um, and then the other thing too is if they're not in the right spot and, you know, Adam sort of looks after him as well. So um, he knows all about the horse and he'll give him his best chance. Okay. Given that he's got uh, a fair share of uh, problems, is it hard to make future plans with him? Yeah, we just sort of go week by week, Chris. Uh, um, he was scratched last time just after we come back from holiday. I, I don't know whether he kicked the fence, and, but he just had a bit of a big back leg and... Um, I sort of looked further down the track, took him to David Lovell's and got it scanned and everything sort of seemed okay there. And I looked further down the track and I picked this race out, which was in about, a, you know, it was about a month ago that it all happened. And um, I'd sort of just try to, you know, look at the, the better races, if, you know, if we can and 
and maybe one day we'll you know, head to Sydney if all stays well. Okay. The other horse that I wanted to touch on this morning with you, uh, he scored earlier in the week, the two-year-old Queenslander. How do you rate this guy? Yeah, he was our, our best two-year-old, um, you know, early stages. He had um, he actually had a chip in his hock, but where the chip was, it couldn't be operated on, so we just had to give him time to let it all settle down. And um, if they were going to take the chip out, they would have had to sort of cut the tendons and all that sort of stuff, and that wasn't an option. So we just give him time to settle down, and um, he probably broke in the best of them. And But in saying that, we've had three two-year-olds this year. I've never had... I've probably had one go 55, but we've had three go 55 this year, so that's how good they've got to be. Yeah. yeah. He was sharp on Tuesday, 55-3, got home in 57-5, and he looked very comfortable getting to the line. He's still learning too, Chris. He, he's sort of, um, it's probably only, his, well, it is his first race prep. He um, uh, only had a couple of educations and, um, yeah, like I sort of drove him early days just to sort of get him to do everything right. He had a couple of little issues early off in trials, but, but um, yeah, I, and, and I just said to Adam a couple of weeks ago, I said, he's one for you to be driving soon and, and, um, yeah, he put him on the, the week before the, his first race. I think he got home at 56 So um, the ability's there. Yeah. How does the name come about? Well, it was probably frustrating, really. Dean sort of named all his horses this year after, like, Merlin, Gandalf and Potter and them after Wizards or something. And he tried to name <laughs> this fella and um, he couldn't get any name. So, um in the end, we were away in, in um, America, and he put that one down. I said to Linda, well, he's got no chance of getting this. And anyway, bingo, up it comes. So <laughs> 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 he thought, it, thought, well, you know, why not? Yeah, no rhyme or reason how they come up with those names, but uh, it's a good one, and uh, he's got obvious ability. There's no doubt about it. One of your owners is Noel Watson. You've got a horse racing for him on Saturday night in Courageous Saint, but Noel also has a starter in the Victoria Cup on Saturday night. You've been with Noel for a long, long time. How excited do you reckon he is this week? Well, I saw a video of him when his horse won at Mooney Valley at the Gallops, and... um um, I, I haven't seen last week's one, but they said he was just standing on the lawn at Melt by himself. And but Noel, he he loves his horses, loves racing, and uh, very passionate man. And you know, I uh, I was watching the barrier draw the other night. When the seven come out, I just sent him a message and just said yuck. <laughs> so, so um, but uh, yeah, he, he'll uh, he'll really enjoy the race and and just enjoy having the horse in it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I think I saw that same footage of him uh, when he scored at Mooney Valley with his Galloper uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, and uh, he was very excited. But uh, he puts plenty in, but it's good to see him getting good rewards. He's a lovely guy, Chris. Like so I I drove a horse for him, I don't know, probably 25, 30 years ago, and then we just started with claimers. And, and um, yeah, if he's got one down there, he thinks suits up here, he'll send it up. And if I've got one that... You know, that might suit down there, that's big bread or whatever. You know, he'll either take it or buy it or something like that. But, um, yeah, no, really loves his horse, loves his racing and, and obviously loves his footy as well. Yeah, absolutely. A mad uh, St Kilda fan. Uh, I've got to ask, you've made the move from Fernvale to Bedidabar. Is it all complete? Is it up and running? Is it what you wanted? Um, it's it's probably 90 95% done, Chris. Everything's, you know, the track's absolutely superb 
Um, you know, the swimming facilities are all done. Um, 90% or 95% of the paddocks are all done. I've just got a couple there I've got to finish off. Um, but I, I really, really like it. Um, especially, I'm really enjoying working the, the yearlings out there. Um, at Fernvale, it was sort of a bit hard up and downhill, but um, this track is, is um, absolutely spot on. And I, I think we'll see the um, results. Well, I've already seen the results with you know, three two-year-olds running 55 this year, so... Um, the yearlings next year, I'll, I'll, you know, they'll be they'll be ready to go when they get to the educations and the trials, and, it, and it's, it's just a pleasure working them. Okay, what about trotters? Uh, more trotters likely to head your way? Oh, it depends whether Brittany wants to torture me anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> um, Harry's but, uh, yeah. due to return soon, isn't he? Well, Harry was going to trial Tuesday, and Brittany just sent me a message this morning and said um, I've switched it to Redcliffe, so we'll probably put it back to Friday. So. Um, but if they're all like Harry, I'd have a hundred of them. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. He's been good. There's no doubt about it. So uh, actually, a few more like him would be very handy. So actually, she'll Brittany take credit for that. Brittany said at the launch the other day, David Brick was there. She said he should be he should be taking Queenslander for the Eureka spot. <laughs> well, fits, in well, fits in well with racing Queensland. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's food for thought. So we'll see what happens there. So anyway, I really appreciate the time. We'll see you across the weekend. Thanks, boys. Ta-da. There's Daryl Graham joining us. Let's chat now with Tim Butt. And uh, th- this is a stable that is absolutely flying. I had that uh, fortnight off and uh, the winners just kept flowing for Tim Butt. So he's really got the uh, the property set up nicely. He's got the team ticking along really well. And the results are obvious because I think he's had horses, uh, his last 10 starters, eight of them have hit the board. So they're in very good form, paces and trotters. So it's not an easy thing to do. And he's online with us now. Tim, good morning. The team is flying. Oh, no, it's good. We've sort of settled in now. We sort of, um, you know, when we arrived, we had the floods, of course, and t- took a bit of the track away, so we had to get the property back in shape. And um, But it's good that everything's falling into place nicely and, um, you know, the horses are proving themselves now. And, and you've got a nice Saturday night team as well. Uh, you, you, when you started, you had a lot of horses getting through the grades at the midweeks, but a few of them have stepped up to that Saturday night circuit now, the Metro level, and uh, they're performing really well. Yeah, well, it was just sort of finding our feet and, and knowing, you know, what sort of horse or how good they had to be to, to measure up and, and so on, Chris. You know, and we, you know, we had a lot of horses that sort of lower in the grades that are, you know, probably not going to go far. But we're we're definitely building on some quality in the in the team, and um, you know, we've got got some nice horses to come over the next sort of three to six months. Okay, well, let's go through the team for Saturday night. You've got a strong team again starting this weekend. Swayze, this is the older half-brother to Leap to Fame, and he's going super. Uh, really brave last week when second. This is a very strong race. How do you see it? Yeah, he's a very tough horse, you know, and um, it was a fortnight between runs last week, so he probably just needed a bit. So he'll be slightly sharper this week. Um, you know, I expect him to go forward and be um, keep the pressure on and... Um, you know, be rotted amongst the, the place getters if not winning. Okay. Race six on Saturday night, Parama. This is a horse that's going super. Placed his last threes, won two of those. There's no reason why he can't win again this weekend. Yeah, well, he's got in that second-tier race and um, he's got a nice handy draw again with gate speed and, um, you know, he, he's just improved the whole time he's been here. So um, he's been a real um, little you know, money machine for the owners, so it's been good. Now that you're a proud Queenslander, the gate speed here in Queensland, it's just vital, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, getting to the pegs is, is, is a huge advantage around Albion Park. And, um, you know, you know, while, while we've got to teach our horses to, you know, come from the back over the last 1,200 as well, you know, um, I think if you've got the gate speed, you've got to utilise it. So, um, yeah, and as I say, you can dictate terms and then, you know, the rest is see if you're good enough, pretty much. Okay, race eight. This is a mare that's just bursting to win a race. Only one's bitten. She comes up with a much kinder draw on Saturday night. She'll start from gate three. Is this winnable for her? Yeah, she worked terrific yesterday, and um, she's trained on really well. So back in the draw now makes a big difference for her. And um, you know, she, she's a little bit green and got a few little um, you know attitude problems, but she's, she's a lovely, big, strong mare that'll continue to improve, I think. So um, she's probably our best winning chance of the night. Okay, and then in the last race, you've got the two trotters starting. Cocky Mulk, who's going well, and Carmanna, who's flying again. Uh, he, he's just really strong, Carmanna. Do you rate both of these horses? I do. I, um, I think Cocky Mulk is a real up-and-comer. Um, he's just, just starting to settle into the things. He's still got his winter coat from New Zealand, and um, I think he'll go a big race on Saturday night. So Carmanna's a bit tougher from the mobile, brought out wide, so... Um, you know, he, he, he's got to be taken on trust a little bit, but he's getting pretty consistent now. And, um, you know, Cocky Melts is more genuine and, and probably trots safe and all that sort of thing. And, um, you know, he's probably our, our better chance from the draws. Okay, well, there's some excellent chances there for the stable once again this weekend. I've got to ask, Barella, any update on him? Yeah, we just put him aside for three weeks. Um, I just felt those, those having won that race, I didn't think the races were going to stand up you know, the one one and faster two year old races, Chris. So um he was terrific. He he developed into the horse that I was hoping he was going to and um you know, with further develop, development and um you know, we'll have him back before Christmas and um you know, he may be good enough to you know, I'm hoping he's good enough to go down for the New South Wales Derby. Okay. Do you start looking at next year long term and the race is in September, but could he shape up as a uh, a Eureka horse or is that a a bridge too far with him? Well, I think I think he's bred in New Zealand. Um, oh, okay. I, I think um, I think he was bred in New Zealand. I think Brendan James, who owns Rock and Roll Do, bought a, bought the mare over or the foal over and put him through the nutrient sales, which is which is probably a catch twenty two because he's you know he's been through an Australian sales. So, but I think yeah. he was, he might have been born in New Zealand. I'll, I'll have to check. But um, oh, you're definitely looking at those things long term. You know, your horses and your team. But that, you know, it's a it's a long way away yet, sort of thing, for uh, horses to step up to that level. But um, you know, it's not, it's not a race I sort of, you know, you, you know, you set your horses for the end of the minions or under cups or so forth. But um, you know, that that race will be a bit of a byproduct of where you're at at the, at the time. You know. Mm. It's an interesting one uh, and comes at an interesting time of the year as well, September. So we'll wait and see. But Racing Queensland have a slot. So who knows, you might be finding a horse and uh, you could be representing Queensland in that feature next year. Well, you know, um, politics aside, you know, it's it's still a huge, huge race and um, huge state money. So um, and it can create interest outside of harness racing. It's got to be good for the good for the industry. You know, the funding of it, you know, was up for conjecture, which... Um, you know, people agree with or disagree, but um, you know, having another big race for us trainers to aim at is certainly um, certainly great. Do you see it as a way of the future? These slot races for harness racing? Well, hard to say. I think there's many issues in harness racing that need uh, tending to. You know, and and these sort of races are sort of band aid things. And um, you know, while you know the breeding and is getting you know smaller and. You know, there's got to be money for all, all across the board, really. And, um, 
you know, that, that's the hard bit I, I see for the future. And, um, you know, some of the hierarchy introduce these races and um, pat themselves on the back. But at the end of the day, there are some far wider raging issues that probably need, need to attend to as well. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But really appreciate the time and insights with the team ahead of Saturday night. As I said, you've got them absolutely flying. So continued success. Yes, Chris. There's Tim Butt joining us. So uh, a big team going to Albion Park on Saturday night and they're all leading chances as well. Uh, as I said, he's uh, in super form right now. Let's head west. We've got Gloucester Park racing tomorrow night. Ten races. Steve, I noticed when I was away, wonderful to fly, finished at the rear of the field in a race. That was uh, the dainty, uh, Dainty's daughter, I think, for memory. Well, she's back in action tomorrow night. She's got that big duck egg next to her name and she's drawn the outside of the front row. Can she bounce back? The Oaks is not far away. The Derby's not too far away. And this is a good quality lineup. Our man in the West is Matty Young. He's online with us now. Matty, appreciate the time. Good morning, boys. Can she bounce back? Yeah, I can't see why she wouldn't. Um, she was able to win the previous 10 starts before that pretty comfortably, and uh, she had a few issues that uh, were found out after that run. So um, uh, from all reports, she's, she's back and ready to go. So um, it's just a, a matter of a week out from the Oaks, how Shane chooses to drive her. Um, obviously, he'd like to win, but I don't think he's going to destroy her a week out from uh, a massive Group 1. So I think um, she'll just be going around for the run, and if she wins, she wins. And if she's um, a little bit underdone, it'll just tie her over nicely going into the WA Oaks, which is uh, something that I think punters need to take into consideration. Matt, it's Steve. Just when the, when did the alarm bells start to ring at a last start? Obviously, she didn't find the top, which surprised many of us. But when were you starting to get a bit nervous that she wasn't going to feature there or be in the finish? Um, uh, uh, when they were scoring up and just about 50 metres before release, uh, I saw her hop and skip and I thought, oh, that's very unlike her. And um, when Shane eventually got off the fence and he raced in the breeze... She didn't travel like she normally does, and she was on a loose rein. And um, I mean, Ryan Warwick was out in front within the spotlight, and he was carving out a middle half in 56-2 when she was off the pegs and chasing. Um, so that'll that'll soften any horse up. Doesn't matter how good you are. And um, then it was about 400 from home. You could see Shane just start to look around to his right. And he realised that he was done. And then uh, he just didn't knock her around and nursed her back through the field. So um, she probably finishes closer if he really drives her out. But he just didn't see the point in that because she was done. And when she's done, she's given everything. Uh, she gets pretty tired. So, um, yeah, obvious issues. But you could just see by the way she was carrying herself in the run that uh, she wasn't 100%. Yeah, and a lot of those races, of course, leading into that last start, she was leading in. But as Shane rightly pointed out, we have seen her effective from back previously too, haven't we? Well, um, it's, uh, yeah, look, uh, an issue, apparently an issue was found. I actually haven't spoken to Shane since um, that Thursday that we spoke to you, Steve. Um, I've left him alone and I think the last thing he needed was me pestering him as well as everyone else pestering him about um, the horse and so I've just left him alone and 
Um, I hadn't heard any negative news, so that's what I, I carried with a positive thoughts that if it was something bad, then I probably would have heard by now. So um, I think all systems are go for tomorrow, and I think he's quietly confident uh, that he can still have a spot on for the WA Oaks Friday week. Okay. Okay, well, we look forward to that. The other feature is race five tomorrow night, the Group 2 Mount Eden Sprint. Magnificent Storm back in action. Hurricane Harley, he's back in action, going up against the likes of Laverage, o, Minstrel, Jumping Jack Mac. Where do we find your best bet tomorrow night, Matt? Uh, best bet tomorrow, we'll go race three, which is one of the features as well, the Spring Pace, and uh, number two, the Code Breaker. It's got really good gate speed, was really unlucky last Friday night after a freshen up. Um, yeah, look, he's got good gate speed. The one-horse Ponte Vivo, it's the worst barrier draw for him. He's got no gate speed, so the two will just amble to the front. And uh, to the middle distance, I think he'll be able to hold them all off. So race three, number two, the code breaker. Okay, race three, number two, the code breaker. We'll take that as the best bet tomorrow night. Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. It's a good card tomorrow night. We'll be watching Wonderful to Fly with particular interest. And uh, we'll chat again next week. Cheers, boys.